guys, what's going on, man? Welcome back to another Stephen Covey podcast. So you know what? Well, no, I wouldn't say Stephen Covey, but another The Arsenio Buck Show podcast about Stephen Covey's speed of trust. And today I'm going to talk about restoring trust. And the challenge is the opportunity. Remember, I've already told you guys in terms of, you know, you know, being cheated on, you know, someone doing things behind your back and this and that. It's it's really difficult. I've already talked about on a number of occasions about that lady. And you know what? That full podcast will be debuting this upcoming Monday. So you guys understand how I deal with these types of things. Because when she called me back, I couldn't believe that she had the audacity to call me back. I said, wait, you literally threw me under the bus. And you told them what my intentions were. And she relayed that back to her friend who's apparently the nasty bitch that I work with. Uh, what, what are you doing? Like, I have nothing else to say to this woman. And so now it's just like, hey, listen, no, I'm not going to trust you anymore. You can give that bullshit. Listen, I love that Tuesday class. I love them. They were the most open-minded, free-thinking financial advisors and regional managers I've ever taught in my life. Or, I'm sorry, not teach, trained in my life. But the fact is, there's nothing that I can do to get into that class and I'm not going to jeopardize and lose my face over a couple of dollars right so let's go back to what had happened in that very very fateful July evening in 2010 now I remember both me and this girl by the name of Tayana Tayana was the cousin of Andre Andre my best friend we were going to go to the street uh, strip to Margaritaville and our plans got flipped right upside down very, very quickly. As many things have done so with uh, this specific girl by the name of Tayana. She loses her phone. She cries her heads off. So, you know, we get in a car wreck. And the other time I go with her, I had to leave back. It, it just every time I went out with her, it was a disaster. Except one time, which was so funny. That was like one of the best nights ever. Anywho, it was like a, a, a Cubano versus a Puerto Riqueño, a Boricua. You, you understand? That's just going to get really nasty really quickly. Anywho. Let's focus on this. July 2010. This happened about, what, in December of that year, too. But let's go back. July evening, that fateful July evening in 2010. We almost missed the freeway. My friend almost went straight into the guardrail. And me, being a little bit inebriated, I saw that. And I'm like, dude, are you okay? What are you doing? Because all he had to do was just make a left-hand turn onto the freeway. And he almost missed it completely. And I'm like, what are you doing? But then I'm like, okay, just focus and just be cool. And so we get to Tropicana. He wants to try to be cool. Like, you know, he wants to pull out of a lane that he shouldn't pull out of. And you can't even switch lanes when you're making a left-hand turn signal. You want it to get into the, the right left hand. So there's two streets, lanes going left, turning left. He wanted to get into the right one instead of the left one. And he hurry up, pulled out very quickly. Boom, here comes a Mustang. Bam, smashes the fender right off. And me, I just, I could hardly believe it. And the, the lady comes out and she's very, and the thing is, he was in the wrong. He was the dumbass. I don't know what he was doing to begin with, but guess what? That's what ended up happening. So we went back home and I'm like, dude, how am I going to tell my mom? And so luckily we had a neighbor at the time. His name was Jojo. Jojo ended up, oh my God. Again, I won't even get into that story, but at least JoJo ended up coming out of prison after four years. Let's just put it that way. Those are the types of people that my family hung around. Those I did not associate myself with any of them, but you know what? He was a very inspiring, I guess you could say, preacher. And because he has such a good heart, he ended up taking a lot of blame for shit he never did. Anywho, 
I went to Jojo. I said, Jojo, man, I need your help. He came outside. He said, oh, damn, what happened to the car? And I'm like, man, this and that and this and that. He's like, Arsenio, just calm down. I got your back. And my and Jojo could actually talk my mom down. And I remember I went upstairs like an asshole. And I was like, Mom, I got to talk to you. She was sleeping. She's like, oh, my God, what happened? I was like, Mom, can I just speak to you downstairs? She's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. My mom's one of those people. She just freaks out, right? She comes downstairs. I mean, we have a chat and everything. The next day, again, the car was still running, no problem, okay? And it's been running to this day unless I think she traded it in about two years ago and got a new car. But uh, anywho, I took the blame for Andre. Andre was the dumbass that ended up – he was the one driving that night. No way I would have come flying out of a goddamn lane at top speed and have a Mustang who was literally coming in as she should and smack that fender bender – smack the fender um, the front of the car – and made it fall off. And I'm like, <sighs> I guess a couple months later after Andre moved to New York, my mom had called. Uh, my mom, she came out of the kitchen and she was so angry. And I don't know what happened, but I was on the computer. And she just started screaming like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on, mom? She's like, why didn't you tell me that Andre was driving that night? And I was like, <sighs> I was like, I, I couldn't say anything. But I did say something. I can't remember what I said, but she was like, you're goddamn right because I would have told his sorry ass never to come over here anymore. She was angry for a good 30 minutes, but then it went away. And of course, guys, JoJo came in later that day. He was like, listen, Jasmine, I'm going to be honest with you. You could always make another one of those, but you can't make another son like Arsenio. And when you put it in that perspective, this actually goes three months. Uh, you know, if we go three months forward to October... I had a professor, a Spanish professor in college, and she was telling me that her daughter had gotten in a wreck. Car got completely totaled. And she said she showed up to the scene, and she got her daughter, and she looked at the car. She's like, hey, man, it's better be in the car than you. You see what I mean? It's just it's all about the approach, but it's also a challenge because, again, my mom had the same thing happen to her seven year, well, eight years prior in 2002 when my dumbass sister was actually looking for a CD while she was still driving. And then, bam, she smacked the back end of another car. And again, my sister, compassionate as she is, she was crying, this and that. But there was so much negative energy in that household for the next month until my mom was finally able to get over it. It was a car she, that she just bought two months prior. She didn't have any insurance on it for whatever reason. And of course she bought it. So, I mean, for, you know, if she got the repairs and whatnot, it would have cost more than the price of the goddamn car. And so, yes, it was heartbreaking. But at the same time, my sister was still alive. And that's something to be unbelievably grateful for. I was still alive after what had happened 2010. And that's something to be grateful for. You know, who knows? I could have gotten the wreck. I would have ended up in the hospital. And my mom probably would have been more concerned about the car than my motherfucking ass in general. I mean, that's just my family. It's always about the materialism rather than the being itself. And that's what scared the shit out of me when I was with them. So did my mom trust me going for Absolutely. Because she knows she, I wasn't driving that night. But it is a challenge to get someone to, to, to gain that trust back is what I'm trying to say. So I'm going to give you a nice little story right out of Stephen Covey's book in terms of this driving situation. And I'm going to tell you how all the behaviors and the cores and all the abilities and capabilities, results and everything came together for his son to finally learn the lesson that he did in terms of, you know, he was speeding that night. So 
Stephen Covey, when he got a call that poli- by the police at midnight that night, man, to pick up his son for speeding, you know, basically a tr- the trust in any human being, it would take a nosedive, right? So his wife and him had gone way, I'm talking about way out of length, to spell out those conditions in terms of driving the family car. And you know what? The son agreed to it. But then he had consciously gone out and violated one of the most important ones, and that was abiding by the law. However, the trust that they were willing to extend to his son before that infraction had not only been restored, but it actually increased. Why? He said he could honestly say that he trusts his son infinitely stronger to this day or to that day whenever he was writing this before the experience. Why? Because guess what? Stephen, he admitted his violation. He apologized. He spent months working through the challenges of paying the fine and suffering the consequences of his actions. He, he understood and, you know, he became more mature. And you know what? His personal credibility increased too. He strengthened his integrity and improved his intent. He increased his capabilities by finding more mature ways to handle disappointment in his life. And you know what? His results, better attitudes, better habits, better driving, even to the point where he became, you know, the safest driver among everyone else. He implemented some of the 13 behaviors and worked to confront reality, the right wrongs, deliver results, uh, keeping the commitments and getting better. And you know what? Because his son went through this process, he tested the relationship between his father and, of course, his mother. And, of course, Stephen truly feels that that trust account is much higher than it's ever been. As painful as it was, the situation provided that opportunity for him and for everyone involved to learn, to get better, and to build trust. So I'm going to leave this with you right now, today, right now. One of the greatest obstacles to building and restoring trust is the superficial, two-dimensional, two-dimensional paradigm. That the ideal life is challenge-free. Guys, the thing is, it's not. You're going to have challenges. You're going to make mistakes. And others are going to make mistakes that affect us. That's life. The issue is how you respond to those. Whether or not we choose to prioritize, you know, prioritize that enormous long-term, the, the long-term dividends of trust over whatever temporary satisfaction we may get from doing things that break trust and trying to justify that low trust behavior, holding grudges or failing to forgive. And that's what and that's and I mean, when we talk from uh, uh, forgiveness, you know, you guys heard me on the podcast just yesterday. Um, I forgive myself for becoming a statistic rather than becoming Arsenio three to four years ago. I have no hate towards a particular group or anyone. There are, there are particular people within the groups that I can give a damn about, but that's just about it. However, I do believe that my mother is carrying a burden, and she's not forgiven. And uh, uh, my father. No, no, it's not even forgiven him. It's forgiven herself. He's a piece of shit. Let's just say uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's way. If I put my father in a rocket, and I put all the Thai women who have ever said bad things to me, okay, pooh, shoot them off in a rocket. To the moon. They're gone forever. All those racist beings. Now what? Now what? 
Because are you still going to ponder and dwell on the things that the people on the moon have said about you who are completely dead and floating in space with no oxygen? You probably are. I want you guys to think about that. Food for thought. And so, again, my father, you know, God forbid, I'd really, you know, I don't really speak to the guy, but if he passes away for whatever reason, my mother's probably still going to hold that resentment in her heart. And now it comes down to you making the decision, making that decision on how you're going to respond to things such as this. So, guys, with that being said, man, thank you for tuning in to another wonderful uh, The Arsenio Buck Show podcast. And this is some good food for thought, man. This is, this is really, really good for you guys. So, if you guys have any questions, man, please let me know. I miss doing Q&As. And until then, man, have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. I'm your host, as always, over and out.